What's going on? Welcome to the show. Paul George, Deacon Adam Conk. Excuse me. Episode 225. 225. Here we are. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year, Paul. It's great to be with you, Deacon Adam. It's a whole nother year. Yeah, we took a week off or, you know, like a little break, but we're back at it in the new year, episode 225. Welcome to the show, everyone. 2023. You think we can pull off another year? Uh, you know, we're just going to do <laughs> what we did last year. Give it to the Lord. <laughs> show trust it to him. And trust. That's right. Man, you had a busy holiday. Obviously, oh, you're a yeah. deacon, so you do all the liturgies. Yeah, we had some beautiful masses <clears throat> and, and liturgies, and mm-hmm. and we had a baby. You had and a so baby. We baptized that baby. Congrats. Stephen. Um, baby Stephen. And then y'all, y'all not only had a baby, but you did the baptism like how many days later? A hmm. week? He wasn't quite two weeks old yet. He was like two days shy of two weeks. So his yeah. name's Stephen. He's named Stephen, so we wanted to baptize him on Stephen's day, which was uh, December 26th. That is nice. First martyr, you know? What are the chances? The odds? It all worked out. Well, since I planned planned it that way, it was, <laughs> I guess, hard You kind of knew the feast day was around the, yeah. the due date. Yeah, so we, uh, we booked the baptism before he was born just to... To make it happen. And you, how are, how are you? How was your New Year's? I went on a little trip. That was awesome. Great. Yeah. Just hanging out with the fam over the holidays. You know, we have we have older kids and, and kids at home. So everyone gathered at the house over the holiday, over Christmas. That was good. Just to all be together. Mm-hmm. Um, our oldest is getting married this year. Oh, my word. So five months from that, and, you know, life's changing on that end. So, like, you know, it was just kind of one of the Christmases where we just try to, you know. Soak it in. Soak it all in, you know. And then we're hitting the new year with a lot of themes. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yep. You but know, I had a I had a word last year. Yeah. We had talked about. Joy. Joy was my word. I worked on it all year long. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, like, I definitely have felt... <clears throat> Um, in a sense, some spiritual breakthroughs with it. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. Well, do you, are you having a new word for this year? I find if you're like really intentional about something, that, that something's about to happen mm. on what you're being intentional about. Okay. Yeah. So my word this year is, um, is, is hope. Hope. Oh, yeah. With a question mark like that? Hope. Well, <laughs> hope goes hope? so much with like trust. And so mm-hmm. I'm trying to go... Oh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to see if the, is there a compound word there or should I just go with one? Trusting hope. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think hope, especially the virtue of hope has within it the idea of trust. Yeah. It's, it's all up in there. Yeah. But hope implies like a definitive hope in God for your eternal life. So in other words, like trust might be generic where I trust God with my life on earth, let's say, but mm-hmm. hope is like, all right, Lord. In this life and the life to come, I'm all yours. Like, I know you'll take care of me. As long as I trust in you, I hope in you. Yeah, I mean, they, they go hand in hand. So mm-hmm. I'm going to stick with hope because it's easier to spell. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, trust will be there. So if you're listening, you know, maybe as you start the new year, maybe think of a word or a spiritual, you know, image or phrase, something that you just want to really go after that you have found that has been maybe missing or you want to work on or grow in in your life. And, you know, I try to do that and not that it consumes me, but like I said, to be more intentional about growing in areas that I know that I need to. When it comes to our faith, there's so many layers to everything. Like the idea of hope, for example, 
you could definitely spend a whole year meditating on that, reading about that, studying, praying, living out, practicing. I mean, there's so much to hope, right? It's a, it's life's work. It's yeah. a life's work. I mean, there, and there's a, there's an older book and I say this is crazy, but you know how some books are timeless? Like there's a mm-hmm. lot of like books that you're like, oh, we'll just write another one on that. And there's a new one on that. It was like, oh, well, there's some books that is like, we well, just read that one, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, John Paul II wrote a book on hope called The Threshold of Hope. Mm-hmm. And it just came to my mind. I think I read it like mm, 30 years ago. Yeah. I don't know if it's been that long, but feels, that, feels that, that book long. is timeless. I mean, the, the stuff that's in there. So anyway, Happy New Year. Happy it's going to be great. Hopey New Year. We're trusting. We're hoping. You know, we're going to have some pretty crazy titles for shows this year. What? But why don't we, since it is the new year, we can't go without I Have You Seen. What did you say? That is so interesting. Oh, for real, though? Have you seen um, this story where a deputy, Mm -hmm. a police officer, okay, um, he dressed up as the Grinch at Christmas time, and when when, uh, this was in Florida, Marathon, Florida, and uh, your skin is green. When he was pulling people over for speeding, your teeth are yellow. He pulled. <laughs> that's right. That Grinch. He pulled them over as the Grinch, like a full costume, looks just like him. And and get instead of giving them speeding tickets, he gave them onions. That is hysterical. <laughs> that is amazing. And uh, I don't think he actually wrote tickets for these people. He just gave them onions. I love it. Um, what a great Christmas thing to do. I, oh, if they were, if it was a small offense within five miles per hour, but if it was like a 20 mile per hour, they got to arrest that person. But it was just a little bit of speeding. Uh, the Grinch gave him onions. So he's actually not a Grinch. He dressed as a Grinch. I saw this horrible video of this dad that dressed like the Grinch and, mm-hmm. and like walked into his house and started taking the presents under the tree <laughs> and like the kids thought it was real and were like crying and yelling. Oh my gosh. And I was like, this is the best practical joke ever. <laughs> I guess. Would you do something like that? Uh, I don't know. I do like practical jokes. I also can't afford therapy for my children because there's so many kids. You're right. So I don't know. I'd have to balance those two things. That's true. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, this is what happened on um, uh, several days. Let's see. He started December 16th and did it till Christmas. That's great. So the Grinch was pulling people over. Became a hit in Marathon, Florida. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. If I was a cop, I would dress up as something every now and then. That, in fact, that's weird for me to say because I don't really like dressing up in general. When they have like dress up parties mm-hmm. with themes and stuff, I just show up as me. Mm-hmm. But uh, if I was a police officer, I might have a little fun with that. Yeah. That is, yeah, I don't, hmm. That would be hard to, he's dressed in a full Grinch suit. Full Grinch suit. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I don't get into like dressing up as like a Grinch or Santa or stuff like that. It's a new year. Mm -hmm. Maybe. You never know. Maybe that'll add to your hope. If you dress up, you get more hope. I don't know. Right. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, great show today. We got a lot lot planned, a lot going on. Uh, We got the Epiphany coming up. Sure do. Uh, Cool. Um, we celebrated our own show's Christmas party, you and I. Yeah. Since we didn't see each other at Christmas, we celebrated a New Year's party. Mm-hmm. And the only two people that are a part of the show 
is you and I. Yeah. Yeah, we're all there. So we ate lunch in the studio. Appreciate that. We cheers. Yeah. Didn't we? Yeah, we cheered to uh, 225 episodes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Speaking of 225 episodes, mm-hmm. <clears throat> what were the top listens or you know things from last year's shows? Do you remember? Yeah. Well, thankfully, I don't have to rely too much on my memory here because um, the analytics, the analytics tell us. So they, the top ten are all pretty close. Really? Yeah. The most listened to episode in the past 12 months was episode 186 One. when uh, Carlo Broussard from Catholic Answers was yeah. in the studio. He was, he was in, in town, town visiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was back in uh, Lent, I think. I actually remembered the show. I remember him being there. And how can you not? He's very memorable. Mm-hmm. He's from here. He lives in San Diego area, works mm-hmm. for Catholic Answers. No one else looks like him or talks like him. That's right. He's very unique. We That's love him true. to death. And uh, <clears throat> so I remember that, but I have no idea what we talked about. Well, defending the faith today. So we just talked about, I guess, apologetics and its place in the church today, which is what he does full-time. He's a, right. an apologist. So. Yeah. Episode two has uh, an interesting title to it. Uh, that was one eight, episode 189. The, the second most listened to episode was 189. Sausage can save lives, something for the ugly people, <laughs> and competition is the devil. Hmm. Can you remember what we talked about? Do you have any idea? <clears throat> I don't remember how sausage can save lives. No. Hmm. Well, oh, oh, the dog. Yes, I remember this. So the uh, a dog was uh, stranded in this like um, marshy area because the tide had come in or something, and so it was going to drown if they didn't save the dog. But it didn't. Tr- the helicopter had to come in and get him, but they didn't trust the helicopter, so they put a piece of sausage to attract the dog to get onto the uh, harness. And that's how sausage saved the dog's life. Right. That's what that was. I have a feeling, though, that we actually talked about something of meaning on that show. Yeah. I just can't remember. That's right. Right. So those are the top two episodes from the year. Top three, episode 193, How Did I Get Into This Tree and Patroness of Fireworks, Hmm. Return Son. So how can I get in this tree? That was the cow that got in the tree. Hmm. That was that episode. Was it the cow or we did one where a a kid got stuck in the top oh, of a, a tree good, going to get a cat. That's a good point. However, <clears throat> it could have been that one, huh? Hmm. It was one of those. Yeah. <laughs> and then again, I can't remember the meat of what we <laughs> talked about in that show. Can you? Well, the third title was Return Son, which is makes me think of um, like the prodigal son. Hmm. And so maybe we talked about that. That might have been the gospel. And we talked about that for a bit. Yeah. You know, when the Holy Spirit moves us, Paul... It's like Jesus said, he comes and goes. I really should take notes. Came and went. On each episode, maybe we can look back and be like, oh, that's exactly (laughs) what we talked about. I can't remember. Now, where most of our, I mean, our listeners are all over the place, the analytics say, right? Yeah, believe it or not, we're an international sensation. Okay. Uh, Most Mm -hmm. listeners are here in the U.S. and in Lafayette, Louisiana, which makes sense. Mm. But our second city out of Lafayette, mm. this surprises me because usually like in years past, mm-hmm. Lafayette would be number one. Then we'd see like, I don't know, Opelousas and Youngsville or Broussard, which are all cities next to Lafayette. Okay. But our top three cities this year mm. are quite surprising. Lafayette's number one. Number two is Annandale, Virginia. That's out in Virginia. Mm. And I have a sneaky suspicion why that, that's the case. I have no idea. That's where you went and were kind of abducted because you thought you were going to be in Virginia. Remember this? Yeah, I did two 
or three things in Virginia last year, maybe. Okay. Yeah. And then you ended up going to like, I don't know, New Jersey or something. Where'd you go? Car- Carolina, North Carolina? You went to a totally different state and you didn't know that. Remember that? You oh, flew I did in. go into Virginia and then they drove me into North Carolina. Yeah. And left me stranded. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that, that trip paid off, man. Maybe so. A lot of people you spoke to listened to the uh, the podcast. So we go from Lafayette to Virginia to Texas. And then top three is Spring, Texas. Okay. Uh, number three. Hmm. So, you know, now as far as the countries go, uh, also kind of surprising. So United States, number one, sure. Okay. But Belgium's number two. I like that. I like me I, some Belgian people. I, I guess our podcast pairs well with waffles. It does. And Canada's number three. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's stuff all over. Several dozen listeners in Russia. Okay. We got a, a a good group in Australia. Okay. So our goal this year is to grow the international listeners. Okay. So if you know if our constant listeners on the podcast or on the radio, just share the show. Like let it go, let it go out to the world, and they can listen in. You know. And yeah. It'd be a game changer for them. Well, look. Belgium's number two. I want to. I want to hear from some Belgian people. Can you email us or something? Do we have an email? <laughs> I don't know. Do we? <laughs> yes. Yes. We'll figure it out. We just want some Belgian people to to connect with us because they're listening to the show. We want to hear what's going on. Yeah. You just go to paulgeorge.la and you can email. There you go. Yeah. It's easy. Paulgeorge.la. If you're in Belgium. Yeah. That's, That's the website. Paulgeorge.la. The show's there. You can email through the site. You can share the show on the podcast iTunes, Spotify, whatever it is you listen to. So anyway, we're actually into the new year. We got some great themes and great shows this year. Crazy to think of the analytics, the shows this year. We hit show 200 this year, and now we're mm-hmm. in 225 mm-hmm. in 2023. Um, so it's going to be great. So when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about <clears throat> what's happening this Sunday, the Epiphany. We'll be right back. Healthcare that works better and costs less? Seems like an oxymoron, right? Take a minute and check out our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare. Members say that faith-based health sharing is a much better fit than insurance, all while costing less. Prices start at $384 a month for families. Call now to see how much you can save. 844-387-8533. That's 844 844- Three eight seven eight five three three. Welcome back to the show. Great to be with you, Paul George Deacon Adam Cock. New Year's edition, our first show of twenty twenty three. So welcome to the show. Welcome. It feels a lot like twenty twenty two so far. But give it time. Years, years kind of take a little while. You got to get used to the 23. I don't know if I've written it yet. You know? Mm-hmm. You got to get used to it. I haven't written it yet. I need to go back to work so I can start writing dates. I think you have a food coma. How was your hamburger? <laughs> it was delicious. We had you. a little New Year's party in here. You Deacon sh- Adam and I. Sure did. Celebrating the year. Our whole staff of the show, Adam and I. <laughs> We had a party. It got wild. Yeah, we got food to go, and we just <laughs> rocked it out. Got wild, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, so um, <clears throat> do you have a have you seen? Weird Catholic stuff? Maybe a weird Catholic stuff. 
Epiphany is this Sunday. Okay. Which, well, well, there's a couple of weird things to talk about with Epiphany. Yeah. So one is the controversial uh, date changing of Epiphany. Okay, yeah. Do you think we have like a show hangover, like of the new year coming in? Like we're coming out of the holidays. Oh, yeah, totally. Like I just totally like went to like a have you seen and it was like weird Catholic stuff. It's okay. It's all right. See, that's you're working on hope. So the Lord's teaching you how to hope in Him and not just your, trust. Yeah, not just your own abilities. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really am. You, you never come in like a little rusty. Oh yeah, like we're not in rhythm. Like we took, you know, we took the holiday off, and then like we're we're rolling in, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah. I kind of feel that way. <laughs> it's all right. It's almost gotta... like it's like the new year. I don't know if you ever feel this way. Is like it's like you don't you don't hit the new year with like rockets. Just blowing, like going right. fast. It's sort of like it's it's like a slow boil ramp up. I don't know if that's good or bad. It is what it is, man. It's kind of like the twenty twenty two hangover, and then you're still mm-hmm. trying to get used to the new year and the goals you set and whatever the case may be. So anyway, yeah. Okay, so Epiphany. What's epiphany. weird about it? <laughs> Two weird things that Catholics do. So the traditional date for Epiphany is January sixth. Okay. Okay. And it was like that for a long time. That's why we have, you know, like songs about that, like the 12 days of Christmas, December 25th to January 6th. Okay. All right. But then in the United States, we started moving Epiphany to the Sunday around January 6th. Mm. So like today, that's January. I mean, this year, that's January 7th. Right. So Epiphany is kind of on two days when you look it up. It'll be January 6th or... Like in the U.S., the Sunday. But the weirder thing that we do, actually, January eighth. January eighth. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, seven, the seventh. You know, <clears throat> is the Saturday at the vigil mass. Yes. Right. So the, the Epiphany. But do they always? Did they move it just to a Sunday so it's celebrated on a Sunday? Correct. Because if they didn't, it would need to be a holy day of obligation. So to give us a break from that, they moved it to the Sunday. In I the like US. celebrating on a Sunday because Sunday's mm-hmm. you know day yeah. of resurrection. Boom. So the other weird thing about it um, is the Epiphany home blessing. Now, if you've been to a Catholic home and you're not Catholic, or maybe you are Catholic, and they have like weird writing in chalk on the walls. I have seen that. <clears throat> that is a weird thing that Catholics do. I've never done it, but maybe. Talk to me. Talk well, me into it or out of it. I will probably talk you into it, because okay. this is one of the few <clears throat> blessings that dads can do with their house. It's like an actual blessing that you can give your your house and your home. So you don't need a priest to do the blessing. Mm-mm. You can do it yourself. Mm-hmm. The rite of blessing by the, you know, family. Mm-hmm. Okay, what is it? All you need is blessed chalk. So that's a weird thing. Okay, I got to go get my chalk blessed. Yes, and when there are parishes, you could ask your parish if they're doing it. When there are parishes who are aware of this tradition, they'll actually have at the Epiphany Mass blessed chalk to give out. Now, I have seen that. We've been out of town before. And going to mass, you know, and they've had chalk, and we're like, "What?" And they're giving it out, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So they'll get, they usually give out the chalk and the blessing with it because it's a it's a, I mean it's a rite, so you got to do it right. <laughs> Can't do it wrong because mm. it's a rite. Because um, 
<clears throat> but starting it, off the new year with your <laughs> dad jokes. But it's a beautiful prayer. Uh, you need some holy water as well. But the culmination of it is you write on the top of the doorways in your home right. a blessing with the chalk. Aren't there like numbers and stuff? Yes. So on the outsides of this blessing, you have the year. So like this year is 2023. So you'd put 20 and then across and then C and then across, then M and then across and then B and then across and then 23. And that's really weird if you don't know what it is and you walk into somebody's house and they have, you know, this chalk thing written. It looks like a a math equation written on all the doors. Um, But it's a blessing. And everybody who walks under that doorway throughout the year gets the blessing Mm -hmm. that the dad or the priest or whoever did at this epiphany blessing. So it's pretty neat because every visitor you have, also when you come home, you get this blessing every time you walk through. Okay, so what does it mean? What does the blessing mean? What are the numbers and all that mean? Well, there's two meanings, all right? So CMB mm-hmm. is the first initials of the wise men okay. at the Epiphany. So Caspar, yep. Malthazar, and Belshazzar. Ba- that, that we know of. So the Epiphany is when the wise men show, show up, you know, and give gifts, right? Right. Yeah. Now, also in Latin... It's the first letters of Christ bless this house. Okay. So it's a double meaning. Double. <laughs> hmm. It's a double meaning. But uh, yeah, so you get this blessed chalk. Now, which came prayer. first, the names or the double meaning? Like, did they li- good sort of manipulate the names to fit the 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 Latin? Like, like, well, come on. Well, I think the names predate the blessing, but I guess they saw the coincidence and they were like, oh, we could use it for both. Now the names like tradition, like we don't hundred percent know like the names of the the you right. know the, the wise men. Yeah, but it goes back pretty far. It goes back pretty far. It's an ancient tradition, but it's not like a matter of faith. No. Okay, it's not dogma. No. These names, and if you don't believe in these names, you're <clears throat> going to hell. Right. Now, what's wild? So the the wise men, as we know, approaching Epiphany, they represent the Gentiles, the nations coming to Christ, and in a lot of ways, it's like a. Well, it's, it's a reality, but it's also a prophecy about what the church would be doing after Christ dies and rises again and ascends into heaven, okay. bringing the Gentiles into the church, right? Nice, yep. And so this blessing evokes that kind of thing, where like, especially if you have people visit your home, there's this part of the blessing is this idea of the epiphany, which is to share the faith with others. It's like an evangelistic blessing, if you will. Hmm. So especially if you have people that aren't, aren't practicing their faith or aren't Catholic come to your house, there's like a little blessing for them. This is all coming back to me. It's all coming back. So I think you might do it now. <clears throat> um, I have a horrible memory, as you could tell. <laughs> like I can't remember any of the past shows, what we talked about. I have a feeling we've done this before. I just can't remember. But we haven't done it in the house that we're currently in. So I do know that. So so what? do you know what the whole thing means? Yeah, that's it. And then um, so Christ there's blesses. more than three letters. Well, the, then the number. So 2023 on the... So it's like for the year. Oh, for the year. Yeah. Okay. See, we did it. I can tell you the last time we did it at our house. So it's the letters, then the number of the year. Correct. And you do it each year. Each year. Well, that's the idea. You can tell the last time we did it in our house because I think it's still 20, 2020. So I haven't done it in three years. Mm. But this epiphany, we're doing it. And you're a deacon. So yeah. I don't know. Is it like a double blessing? Uh, you know? I don't think so. I don't think so because Okay, so where can where can people who are listening find the the Epiphany blessing? Well, hopefully your parish is already on this and when you go to mass on Sunday, 
They're going to be handing out chalk and blessings. If that's not the case, all you need to do is just Google Catholic Epiphany Home Blessing and get some blessed chalk. So go to your priest or deacon or mm-hmm. bishop and ask them to bless some chalk for you. And you're ready to roll. Of course, mm-hmm. you need some holy water as well. But it's, a, it's the only house blessing you can do, and it's a real blessing. Um, you can bless your kids all the time, Paul, as you know. Yes, and, as, I, and we do that. And you could sprinkle your house with holy water anytime, Mm -hmm. but you're just kind of applying the blessing of the holy water to your house. This is actually like a new source of grace in your home that you can bring in as a dad. So I'm just going to give a shout out to this this young lady who has a website called Catholic Icing, and I'm just doing it because I love the the name of the website. I've never been to it, but um, if you go to catholicicing.com, she has a thing uh, called for the Epiphany House Blessing. Yeah, Catholic Icing is like a homeschool mom uh, favorite. Yeah. Bookmark that. There is one more weird thing about the Epiphany, if you have time for it. No, that we do. Okay. <laughs> because this is weird Catholic stuff. <laughs> so they changed the day to be on a Sunday. I'm following you. Yes. Okay. And then we have the, the Epiphany House Blessing. Yes. Okay, which is for the year, because it's the beginning of the year. And now we know what it means, plus 2023 at the end. That's okay. right. Okay. And we can do it ourselves. We just need a priest or a deacon, right, to bless the chalk and the water. Right. Okay. Now, can we use any type of chalk? Yeah, as long as it's blessed. Like, we use Crayola chalk. Now, does it have to home. be chalk? Because they didn't have chalk yeah. back then. Can it be crayons? I think it needs to be chalk. Who says? The church. Mm. Now, blessed chalk is a thing. Uh, in fact, like, if you take blessed chalk and um, draw a line, like, outside your house, mm. kind of sets a barrier. Yeah, but uh, there's one more weird thing about Epiphany. Okay. Okay. Epiphany, before the calendar that came out in the 20th century, Epiphany was more than just the wise men. Really? A lot of folks don't realize that. It was the wise men when they visited, mm-hmm. the baptism of the Lord, and the wedding feast of Cana all rolled into one. Really? That was the Epiphany. You actually just um, <clears throat> schooled me on something I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, so in the new calendar, we took that, I mean, for centuries, it was those three mysteries that are like epiphany mysteries. Okay. So when the wise men appeared, I mean, um, they adore the Lord, it shone forth his glory to the nations. Mm -hmm. Then the baptism, his glory shone forth. And epiphany means to shine forth from the surface of something. So like it's obvious, like shining forth in an obvious way. Mm -hmm. Baptism of the Lord, the dove appears, voice from the heavens. And then the wedding feast of Cana was his first sign. So his glory shone forth, right? So these three Epiphany mysteries were traditionally what the Epiphany was. In the new calendar, um, don't worry, we still have those mysteries. We just separated them. So this Sunday, when you go to Mass, you'll you'll celebrate the Epiphany. The next day, just because the way it worked out this year, we'll celebrate the baptism of the Lord. Then the next Sunday, you'll hear the wedding feast of Cana as the gospel reading. So every year... It still goes in that same order. Epiphany, uh, the wise men, then the baptism, then the gospel for the Sunday after the baptism of the Lord is the wedding feast of Cana. Hmm. So the three mysteries are still involved, just over three weeks. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. And fourth one, Epiphany predates Christmas as a feast on the church calendar. We were celebrating Epiphany before we were celebrating December 25th as Christmas. So, so don't some like old traditions, weird Catholic stuff, which maybe not be weird, is that some some people celebrate Christmas at the Epiphany? Yes. 
Like yeah, they wait why. to open up the mm-hmm. gifts on the Epiphany, right? Yep. Yep. Which is eight days after Christmas, exactly. the birth of Jesus, right? And, yeah, and that's that's part of the reason why is that way back in the day, Epiphany was eight days, just like we have the Christmas octave now. Epiphany was eight days, and that was the major celebration. And uh, not the Nativity, not December 25th. Hmm. Isn't that wild? That's some weird Catholic stuff. Yeah. But it all has meaning. So it's not yes. like it's just like, hey, let's just figure out something weird to talk about or do like the church. You know, it's like, no, Jesus was born, you know, uh, and then eight days later, you know, the Magi showed up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the shepherds, the Magi, the whole deal. The whole deal. Jesus, the light of the world, shining. You know, they followed the star, the epiphany, right? Um, this was a beautiful time. So, mm-hmm. like, they brought gifts I don't know about for you guys, like traditionally in our family, like we at Christmas would do three gifts for, you know, the gifts that were brought to Jesus. You know, every kid we get three gifts, you know. Yeah, my mom still does that. I think we kind of got away a little bit from that just because like it was like, you know, our family just kept growing. Yeah, growing family. But it shows you how evangelization centered the early church was because this is this is like the feast of evangelization. If you look at the church calendar year all year long, this is basically the evangelization feast where we celebrate the conversion of these Gentiles to the faith hmm. um, by following the star and coming to Jesus. And that was the principal Christmas spirit. Like right now, Christmas spirit can be so many things, right? We say that to people on the street, Christmas spirit is family, food, friends. I don't know. But the original Christmas spirit was evangelization. Hmm. Isn't that wild? And you know, I'm, <clears throat> I love the idea of the blessing at the beginning uh, as a symbol of evangelization, right? Like, mm-hmm. like the Jesus came to save the whole world, the Gentiles. Like, our homes are, are made to be these center of evangelization, yep. to invite people in, to bring them into our home. Starts first, obviously, with our family and our and our children, our marriages, all those things. But then, you know, the fruit of that is is that we should be welcoming as Christians to others. Yeah, I mean, the, especially the days following Christmas. What do you do after you celebrate Jesus's birth? Well, it's time to share that news with everybody, just like you do with babies. Hmm. I mean, we just had a baby, and people want to meet the new baby, right? Right. Well, people want to meet Jesus. They may not know it yet. But that's what you do with new babies. You introduce them to people, and you show them to people. And um, this baby happens to be the Lord and Savior. This one can bring salvation to, to people's lives. And so how important it is for us to bring Jesus to the nations. Hmm. And, um, you know, how did, how did the wise men find the baby Jesus? The star, right? The star above the, the manger. And our families, our home should be stars. It should be mangers. Like it should be obvious that there's something unique and special about these Christian families that draws other people in where they find the Lord, where they find Christ. And that's every family's vocation. That's every Christian family's vocation. You know, it's interesting because a lot of times in the United States, we don't always think in those terms, but maybe we should more intentionally do that. I have friends who are missionaries in a foreign country. In that foreign country, the large majority of the population are not Christian. <clears throat> They're other faiths, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and a matter of fact, like Christians are like a, a extreme minority, unlike here. <clears throat> and what they do 
is they just open up their home, you know, invite people in, have dinner, you know, like hang out with their family. Like that is like the first step of like sharing the gospel of joy and love and faith with, with folks who have no idea who Jesus is at all. And we just assume like, Oh, everyone here in the United States or in my neighborhood kind of knows that, but that's not the case. Right. Mm -hmm. And maybe they've heard of it, but they don't know how to live it. Or maybe they've walked away or maybe they're going through things. Like we always have these assumptions that, you know, people maybe, uh, are, are doing fine. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I love what you're saying. Like our home should be the mangers, the the light of the world in our neighborhood to other people. Yeah. Well, and the way the Lord brought the wise men in was this star was just unique and special, but it wasn't clear what was happening. It's not like the star was this big neon sign, savior of the world down here. You see what I'm saying? It was just a star, but it was a special star, something unique. And these men that studied the stars knew something special was happening. And because they knew something special was happening, they did their research and, and learned about the Jewish faith, learned about the prophecies, and then they came to worship the newborn king. But it all started with just something out of the ordinary caught their attention and seemed like it was worth investing their time to figure out what was going on. Mm. This is how evangelization naturally and organically works is we live our lives as Christians and we live them well in holiness and generosity and hospitality and love. People look to us and see this star, something intriguing, something out of the ordinary, and then they want to invest some energy. What is going on? Let, like, why are your kids so happy? Or, you know, why, why do you seem to not care about your own suffering and pain in life? Like what, or why do you seem to have joy in the midst of suffering and pain? All these things that intrigue people around us can lead them to Christ who's hidden within our hearts. It's not obvious. It's like the star was obvious. Everyone saw the star. But what wasn't obvious was that in a cave under the star was this little baby in a manger that you had to really go in and find with his mother and father. It's the same way with our Lord. Those who really invest themselves um, into discovering what's so unique about Christians, what's so unique about the church. They find the baby Jesus, they find the Blessed Virgin Mary, and they find St. Joseph. But it all starts with a big old star. Hmm. Just something intriguing. It says, go and search for the child. This is the reading for this Sunday. Uh, Go and search diligently for the child. Um, You know, uh, the shepherds, you you know, found Jesus. And of course, like we know the story is like, then... Then they went to Herod, and then Herod was like, you know, go find him again. Tell me where he is, you know. Mm-hmm. This all precedes, like, their evacuation into Egypt. So there was this moment of calm in the world. Jesus is born. The Magi show up, you know, and, like, the epiphany happens, and then chaos ensues, you know. And I think, like, <clears throat> the, the sort of the myth in the life of a Christian is, like, we're always going to have joy and feel hope and like feel love. And like, you know, like we're, we're, we're promised happiness all the time. You know, like the reality is like Jesus comes in the midst of chaos. He brings peace and joy and hope and happiness in the midst of that. But chaos ensues and life go happens. And like we experience suffering and pain, but yet in the midst of that, Jesus lay in a manger. He, he, his heart, and his life, you know, lives inside of us in the midst of that. So like, imagine this calm. And yet right after this, there's this wave of chaos that ensues. 
pushes the Holy Family into Egypt. They evacuate, and and they're just living this chaotic life that everyone else in the world's living too. And yet Jesus is there. He reigns. He's king. He brings peace and joy and love in the midst of that. And that's probably the most unique aspect of Christians is that we have joy in the midst of suffering. Hmm. If, if when we suffer well with joy and hope, that's your that's your word this year. Yep, it is. When we suffer well, that is the most radical, countercultural, unique um, quality that we can shine forth. That we can show the glory of God to the world by the way we suffer. And I mean, all the great saints do this. I just think of Mother Teresa and the way she cared for people. Her own personal comfort, her own personal needs were not the most important to her, and it was obvious. And when you watched her work with the poorest of the poor, it was clear she was up to something completely strange, mm. completely otherworldly, and it just drew people in by the droves. Yep. And that's what it's like. That's what the Epiphany mystery is like, lived out. It is. I think a lot of people give up on Christ, the church, on faith, because they they are they are sold a lie that I will always feel or have, you know, happiness and peace and nothing will go wrong. You know, like we're mm-hmm. we're sowed this like lie from the enemy, from culture that, you know, we deserve, you know, all these things, you know. Mm-hmm. The reality is that Jesus brings all those things into our heart and our life, but like <clears throat> we're going to experience the ups and downs, the ebb and flows of life, the pain, the suffering, the chaos. The beauty of the gospel is that Jesus doesn't get rid of that, but he comes in the midst of it. Right? Mm-hmm. Like like he brings he brings it into our life and like wherever we are, whatever we're experiencing, all the desires that we have, Jesus comes in the midst of that and um you know brings us the very things that we need in the time that we need it. Well, you mentioned earlier from the gospel that the um, wise men were instructed by Herod to search diligently for the child. And I mean, that really is a daily call to search diligently for the child in the midst of all those things you were talking about. That's what it means to be Christian. And the more suffering there is, the more pain there is, the more chaos there is, the more strife there is, the more we're tasked with searching diligently for Christ in the midst of it all, when it's not so obvious and it's not so clear. Um, like St. Paul says, where sin abounds, grace abounds more. Mm. And where any strife abounds, the Lord's grace and his mercy and his love abounds more. And it is a is a challenge as a Christian, but it's a fundamental duty that when I feel the the weight of this world, the weight of sin, the weight of suffering... I can't just throw myself a pity party. I can't just, you know, throw a little fit. That's not Christian. What's Christian is, Lord, I don't know what's happening right now, mm-hmm. but I know you're in the midst of it, and I need to search diligently for you. Mm-hmm. And I need. that's how we hang on to the hope that belongs to our call, is that we get in the habit as Christians of searching diligently for Christ, especially when things are difficult. Absolutely. You know, when, I, when I'm thinking of my theme for the year for hope, it's not I'm praying for this external like overabundance of like this hope that that will over over consume me, right? Mm-hmm. What I'm asking for is this hope in my heart that that in the midst of whatever thoughts or actions or things that are going on in my life, it's rooted in there. 
Mm-hmm. Well, what's at the root of hope? Jesus, the fullness of Jesus. So the more and more that I give Jesus access to the manger of my heart, right, to reign in there, the more and more that like the grace of Christ grows <clears throat> and the things that I need most in my life to live through the chaos, hope and joy and peace and the power of the spirit and, you know, the gifts, I, the more I ask for those, it reigns inside, not externally. And I'm not, I'm not deserved those things. I'm not, you know, I don't earn them. Jesus gives them by his grace when I need them. But they, they, they grow in, in my heart, and in the midst of the chaos, th- they can still be rooted there, right? So, like, I'm not seeking this external happiness and this external glorification of my life and, like, these things, that I, these attachments that I think will make me happy. Yeah. Well, those things lead to despair. When we come to rely on those things, those external things, they, they are wishy-washy. They, are, they do come and go. Um, they are here today, gone tomorrow. Hmm. And that's when we feel this despairing in us, you know? So real hope, epiphany hope, is, like you said, rooted in Christ. But it it's something that needs to be guarded. Something that needs to be guarded. Like, I can't let my attention leave the crash or the manger. I can't stop seeking the child. As soon as I stop, I wake up, you know, two weeks from now, let's say, past Christmas, past New Year's, all that. And I'm no longer looking diligently for the child. Well, then my hope is gone. Hmm. Hope requires us to look and look and look and look and look and look. And if you're not in the habit of that, it gets exhausting and you give up. Amen. Okay. Dude, our show is like a Mack truck. Like it starts off slow and then it just warms up and it gets speed. Yeah. It just gets better and better. It's like a good gumbo. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Paying too much for healthcare and supporting services you don't believe in? Our sponsor, Solidarity HealthShare, has prices that are 60% less than the nation's average cost of healthcare. Join the nation's leading healthcare sharing ministry built by people of faith for people of faith, saving money through ethical and affordable healthcare. Call now to see how much you can save at 844-387-8533. That's Solidarity HealthShare. 844-387-8533. Welcome back to the show. Paul George, Deacon Adam Conk in studio. First show of 2023. Oh, oh, oh. Get some chalk out. <laughs> Start taking notes. And you have a you've turned over a New Year's um, resolution, new music to the show. That's right. And here we are. Hope you, know, you enjoy I've, it. I challenged you mm-hmm. to get creative. Yep. And it took you what five years? Yeah. yeah I mean, you're slow, slow burn, yeah. but uh, and you know it happens over time, and we're patient. Yep. You know, through the process. I think that could be my word for this year: creative. Creative. Well, it's a side of me that I used to use a lot more. Mm-hmm. And I just got more responsibilities, I guess. It, I don't know. It sucks creativity out of you. I think so. <laughs> In some ways, like responsibility does occupy the mind a lot. Mm-hmm. And for people who are creative, you know, writers, musicians, artists, you have a lot of those creative attributes as well. Is 
when your mind's fully occupied with all these details and to-do lists and responsibilities, it mm-hmm. sort of sucks the creativity out of your mind. You begin to become very just practical, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But you're also like a musician, a songwriter, and you, you, you know you kind of have this creative side, and you you kind of are, are a weird cat in that way. Maybe I need to invest in that side this year. You should invest in your creative side. I think it'd be good for you. For a whole year. Yeah. Plus you became a deacon. Yeah. You used to do music at mass. Now you serve mass in right. a different way. Right. You know, so you're not using that. You know, maybe you should. I you know, like what I think that's a good mm-hmm. word for you. All right. I'm in. Let's Creativity. do it. Creativity. Creativity. Yeah. I didn't see that one coming, but let's do it. But I also think you could bring creativity <laughs> to the grind of your work. Yeah. You know, and the ways that you do that and the ideas that you have and the implementation of those, things like that. You All know? right. That's yeah. my word. Yeah. That's a good word for you. Word up. Yeah. I'm going to challenge you on your creativity. Ooh. This year. Well, I'll challenge you on your hope. You better. <laughs> because it's a big year, man. I got big plans. Let's do it. And I already sat down. So usually if, I, if I'm very intentional and I get to it, at the end of the year, I usually take sort of a, an offsite. Mm-hmm a day of respite and I just think and pray and breathe and work on my goals for the next year. Mm -hmm. Just write down some thoughts, ideas, pray on it. I'm practical. I'm vague. I'm all those things. And I have different categories of goals, family, you know, work, you know, personal health, you know, yada, yada, financial, you know, whatever, like all these fitness and, you know, all these goals. Right. And I just sit with them. This year, I took a day. I went out in the woods, sat in a deer stand, just prayed my rosary, prayed, sat with my journal, just kind of wrote. So I already did that. That's awesome. You know, for the year. Now, <clears throat> I don't know if I'll get to all my goals. So if history repeats itself, I won't get to half of them. But that's not the point. The point mm-hmm. is that you're intentional about moving forward. And what are those intentions? And and where's God in the midst of that, right? Like, so so... You know, my faith goals are the most important and growing it in my relationship with Christ. And then everything else just revolves around that. Like how are my other goals going to be met? So as you're looking at your intentionality with like creativity or like your family or whatever, a lot of times we get to the middle of the year, it's June or July. We're like, man, I haven't done anything. You mm-hmm. kind of feel that way. But if you kind of hit the ground running with your goals, you know, and not goals for the sake of goals, goals for the sake of like, what is God asking me to do and why these things? Right. You know, for his kingdom. Yeah. You know? Well, as this episode airs, I'm finishing up my yearly retreat. Well, I'll be doing stuff like that. Right. So I appreciate people's prayers. But yeah, I, I think I would love a year where um, God just able to move in my life in a way that's unhindered and probably very surprising. Yeah. You know, because he's always surprising when he moves. Yeah. I want to just invite everyone to do that. Like (laughs) you say, well, I haven't even thought about doing that yet. It's okay. Mm -hmm. There's been years where it's March and I'm like, man, I never got to my, like my goals for this year, my spiritual goals. Like what do I just get to them? You know, like God's timeless. Like, hello, Mm -hmm. like don't, Mm -hmm. don't condense God to time and say, well, I haven't gotten to it yet. So let me just wait till next year. No, heck no. Right, God's timeless. So, like His year to year year is it doesn't like it doesn't it's different. Like right. you know, like God's not thinking in the year twenty twenty three. He's on a fiscal calendar. Yeah, for, for grace. Yeah, it could start anytime. Grace filled calendar. Yeah, you know is what He's on. You know, <laughs> so 
but in the midst of that, like, what is God asking you to do? You know, we celebrate a pretty amazing saint this year. I mean, they're all the saints are amazing. Mm-hmm. But one that I wanted to bring up because I think it ties into the Epiphany blessing. Okay, mm-hmm. so you talked about the Epiphany blessing and it being about evangelization, right? Mm-hmm. Inviting people into our home, it being the light of Christ, the manger of our home. I mean, you just really shredded my mind today, <laughs> which is unusual. You really just hit the new year and you kind of got me. But we do celebrate this week. <clears throat> St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who experienced a really difficult life. She was married and had kids, and her husband died. She was left widowed, right? Mm-hmm. Am I right here? Yeah. If I'm remembering correctly. And she couldn't afford to like raise her family. Uh, her husband, before he died, business was failing. And then he got, I think it was like tuberculosis or something like that. And he passed away and she moved to America and started a school to help raise her, her kids. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and she was 19 when she married and had, they had five children. And at 30, she was widowed and penniless, it says living in Italy. Talk and then about chaos. Huh? Talk about chaos. So so listen to this. The reason I bring this up is she just prayed and just said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Like, so her, that wasn't her goals for the year was for her husband to die and to be widowed with five kids. But she, God living in her heart. You mm-hmm. see, like mm-hmm. her happiness didn't exist on the outside. And so she started a school and then... um she became a sister, mm-hmm. a nun, right? Yeah. Adventure school became a work that um, became a religious community. Yeah. And yeah. so she founded one. And uh, she, in that work, she founded the parochial school system in America. She, I mean, she started the Catholic school system in America. Yeah. Before that, we didn't have one. Right. She, it says she witnessed uh, um, the Catholic life in action through family and friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, to family friends, and um, it brought her to the cat. She became Catholic. She wasn't yeah. Catholic, so she was a convert. Fell in love with the Blessed Sacrament, uh, the true devotion to Jesus in the Eucharist. So she's a convert, widowed, penniless, becomes Catholic, starts a school, becomes a movement, and becomes a religious order. She becomes Mother Seton. Mm-hmm. I mean, now she's a saint. Like think about like her life. She didn't think that her life would ever go that way. Right. Yeah. Even when she was converted and already very holy, I'm sure she didn't know the next step that God had in mind of any of that journey, right? Like it was always, each year God had new surprises for her. Hmm. And um, we can imitate that about all the saints, but Mother Seton, Saint, Saint Seton, in a particular way because she's American. I remember, so I go to New York City kind of often every few years, so it was the first, actually, American religious community for women in the United yeah. in America. Yeah, and she's the first uh, American-born saint canonized. First American-born saint canonized. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. And she's buried in Emmitsburg, Maryland. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was canonized in 1975. It's crazy. Well, and when you go to New York City, Battery Park, which is where you get, get on the ferry to go see the Statue of Liberty, like it's in the middle of everything. It's just... a. F- few not a few blocks but 
about a 15 minute walk from uh, Wall Street and mm-hmm. that bull. Yeah. Right? Like it's it's a very famous busy area. That's where the World Trade Center is, mm-hmm. kind of that area. Mm-hmm. Well, in the midst of that is her uh, her home that's still there. Mm-hmm. It's in Battery Park and it's now a church and there's a shrine with a little museum to her. And it's one of my favorite places to visit in New York City because it's where she lived before she went to Italy and converted to Catholicism. So she was still an Anglican when she was living there. But it's just so funny because it's this, it's this old kind of humble home. I mean, it's mm. a nice home, but compared to the sky rises around it, yeah. like it's just sitting there. It's awesome. And it's just such an image of, I think, holiness itself. It's yeah. like in the midst of the chaos and the busyness and the world and everything else, there's this humble little chapel where this saint lived. And here's what's crazy is like you and I and everyone listening are starting a new year and we have no idea what's going to happen this year. Mm. And we have no idea what's going to unfold, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But what we do know is that Jesus can reign in our hearts. He can live in there. And like Elizabeth Seton, like can redirect and restructure our life to make sense no matter what we're dealing with. What I love this says about her, Elizabeth Ann Seton had no extraordinary gifts. She was not a mystic or uh, stigmatic. She did not prophesy or speak in tongues. She had two great devotions abandonment to the will of God, mm-hmm. hope and trust, you know, hello, Paul, mm-hmm. and adherent, adherent love for the blessed sacrament. That was it. Mm-hmm. You know, she wrote to a friend, Julia Scott, that she would prefer to exchange the world for a, for a cave or a desert, but God had given her a great deal to do, and, and she was going to do it. Wow. Right? That That's beautiful. Like, I think we can relate to her in a lot of ways because she she was married, a mother, kids, mm-hmm. and then God redirected her life, which he, he does for all of us. Uh, and and she just did something with it. You know, she just said yes. Uh, one out of like need to support her family, and then God just kind of took it from there, right? Like, yeah, great grace just about it. Well, it's it's so inspiring to me, and but this idea that she would prefer. To be in the middle of nowhere with Jesus alone, that should be all of our goals. I mean, even though, especially those that are active in the church, doing church work stuff. You know, like Paul, you do a lot of church work stuff. You were evangelizing all day, every day, man. Yeah, you and I. I'm uh, I'm, I'm privileged to serve in a, in a similar capacity. But are we doing that because we don't know what else to do? Are we doing that because this is the stuff we're good at? Or are we doing that because we're convinced Jesus wants us to? And if we're convinced, and part of that is like for her, like her preference was, I just want to be alone with the Lord somewhere quiet away from all the distraction and, and hard work. And mm. not that she didn't want to work hard. It's just she, when it came to her and the Lord and what she wanted, it was not to necessarily spend her life the way she spent it. And look, you and I, like we're trading in a cave in the middle of nowhere to spend with Jesus to build you know, the manger of our homes and our families and to do the work in the world. And yes, everyone take a respite, go on a retreat, take a, take a day off and go pray about your life and your goals and your direction and what God wants for you. But then you go back and you live in the world and and we're Christ into this world, right? We bring Christ Mm -hmm. into the world in our homes and our neighborhoods. And like, that's what it, what it's about. And I love the fact that she could have just done that. She could have, escaped the world and just kind of, you know, but she chose through God's grace to like enter in. This is great. 
Like our, we're like a train now. It's warmed but that, up. But that's you see, that's true freedom because if if I tell the Lord, Lord, I don't need much. I just you know I just need you hmm. and a cave. Like that's all I need need. And then the Lord tells me what He needs from me. Then I have the freedom to do it. But if I'm attached to more than that, if I'm attached to more than the cave, if I'm attached to more than just being with the Lord, then when God tells me to do something, I'm not free to do it. Hmm. This year, he might have so much in store for me, so many new things, so many new plans. But if, if I'm not like St. Elizabeth Ann Seton, that in my heart, Lord, I only need you and a little bit, like I don't need anything other than you, then I'm not free enough to hear God's word and act on it the way she was. Amen. You know, I need the freedom of heart that all I really desire is Jesus for him, for me to even hear his voice calling me to do things, hear his voice calling me to build the kingdom in the world and to be a saint like her. Amen. Man, God, do great things in our heart this year. Mm -hmm. I'm excited about that. So thanks everyone for being a part of the show. We're excited to kick off in 2023. And feel free to share the show. Let's grow the show. We're, and look, if you're Belgian, email us, paulgeorge.la. Yep. We want to hear about it. We and we want some it. waffles. We want some waffles. And we're about to wrap up our grit group soon, and we're going to start another round. So Let's do it. It's going to be amazing. Um, God bless you guys. Talk to you next week.